What's going on, everyone? Cincinnati gets the job done again. The Bearcats improved to 3-0 in the season, taking down Eastern Washington 85-73 on a Sunday at Fifth Third Arena. No Houdini. He was like the rest of Cincinnati enjoying the Bengals game. Chuck Walter here riding solo. Let's break it down. This one had trap game written all over it because Eastern Washington's pretty good despite that 0-3 record. This team was actually in the game against Chris Beard's Ole Miss Rebels um, just a few days ago. They were down three with like five minutes left in that game. So they can play basketball. They proved it last year winning an NIT game. They were 16-2, and and they're projected to finish third in the Big Sky this year. So that wasn't like Detroit Mercy. That was an actual competitive team that's not bad whatsoever, and the Bearcats handled business 85-73. They lose out on the cover by a half a point. Those that had Bearcats minus 12 and a half are pulling out their hair because the Bearcats should have covered that one, and they crumbled late. Anyways, let's run through this one, how it went down. Bearcats were up by nine points at halftime. Victor Locken was outstanding for Cincinnati. 26 points, 11 rebounds. Probably the best game of Victor Locken's career. We'd been talking about how the bigs for Cincinnati had not stepped up so far this season, offensively or defensively. Defensively, Victor Locken was pretty good. Grabbed the 11 rebounds and 26 points, which included a couple of three balls. We'd heard this entire offseason that Victor Locken was expecting to play the four. He expected to have that three-point in his package this year and was expecting, you know, Aziz and, and Jamil to play the five. Victor Locken's the five again with Aziz and Jamil ineligible. And apparently he can shoot threes, at least today. Hit a couple of them. Uh, talking at his post-game press conference right now, big smile on his face and a big smile on Wes Miller's face as the Cats win at 85 73 to improve to 3-0. and Running down the box score, John Newman had 10 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. John Newman, all of a sudden, looks like a real good basketball player. I was hesitant to call him one of the best players on this team heading into the season. I thought that Dan Skillings would probably get the nod at the three guard. They go with the veteran and John Newman. And, and man, I don't know where this explosion came. I don't know where it came from. He's had the length forever. Um, was always a tough, gritty guard a couple of years ago when he played in Wes Miller's first year with that team that had Mikey Saunders and Mason Madsen. And he was, he was pretty good, you know, good defensively, didn't give you much offensively, showed some pop in his jump every once in a while. But, I mean, today, another one-handed tomahawk flush in transition. Um, Newman looks good. You know what he's going to give you. It's six to ten points per game probably. Knocks down a couple more threes today. He's been good shooting the three ball, and if Cincinnati gets that from John Newman, then that is huge throughout the rest of the year. Day-Day Thomas, 11 points, five assists, four rebounds. Not his best shooting night, but once again, he showed that he's extremely explosive. He's consistent at the point guard position, and Cincinnati really has no worries at that point guard position, at least against the lesser teams. We'll see how they fare defensively against the Big 12 competition when it steps up quite a bit. But as of right now, 11 points, five assists, four boards for Day-Day Thomas. He's looking like a really good player. Uh, C.J. Frederick was MIA. He's been great all year. Had the 14 and the 13 in his first two games, not respectively, but um, not in that order, I should say. He, he's been knocking down threes. Throughout the entire year, today his shot wasn't falling, picked up two fouls early and just never really got into a rhythm, didn't play many minutes, and he is one of the, uh, he's actually the only Bearcat 
that played in the game to not score. So the fact that the Bearcats were able to win by 12 against a team that had 16 conference wins last season, um, and they did it without C.J. Frederick doing anything, is big time. Odio Guama, three points, four rebounds. Dan Skillings had nine points and seven rebounds. Seamus Lukosius started off a little bit slow, picked it up late. He had 11 points, four assists, and two rebounds. Um, I'm expecting Seamus to really be the, a steady force in there that doesn't take bad shots, that penetrates the lane and finds the open man. Again, with the four assists today and the five assists last game, you know that he does a good job of, I call him the, uh, he's the surgeon. You know, he kind of just picks apart the opposition's defense and um, is really a steady hand in there. I like Lukosius a lot. Anyone that watched Butler games last year or just looked at the uh, the, the box scores throughout the year knows that Seamus Lukosius can play. And then Jizzle James. Ties a career high. Second straight game with 13 points, had two assists, two rebounds. The um, At least against this lesser competition, the speed of collegiate basketball does not look too big whatsoever for Jizzle James. For shizzle my jizzle. Just really impressed with what we've seen from Jizzle James. Josh Reed, again, gives you two points, no rebounds, no assists. I would love to see Rayvon Griffith take that spot at some point. Just not impressed with what Josh Reed gets you. But... um. You heard Wes Miller say that he thinks Josh Reed's really good and Rayvon Griffith is just not there yet. Again, he said the same thing about Jizzle James. He said that Jizzle James wasn't necessarily there yet. The difference is, you know, Rayvon Griffith is fighting with with Josh. He's fighting with Seamus. He's fighting with Dan. He's fighting with John Newman, a bunch of guys at that position, whereas Jizzle is the clear-cut backup point guard. Let's tell you who the Bearcats play next. It's Northern Kentucky. The Norse beat the Cats last year. That would be devastating if Cincinnati fell two straight years to Northern Kentucky, a team that wasn't even in Division I basketball just five, six years ago. The Bearcats poached their coach, and since the Bearcats poached John Brannon, it really hasn't been the same. But 3-0, and man, all you can beat is the team on your schedule when you beat them convincingly, which it really was for Cincinnati, who had the eight-point halftime lead. Uh, you'll take it. Stats-wise for Cincinnati in this one, they shot it pretty well. 28 of 60 from the floor. That's good for 46%. 8 of 21 for deep. Good for 20, or rather 38% on their 8 of 21 from deep. So the Cats, a team last year, their offense was just disgusting. It was Landers Nolly, it was David DeJulius, and it was Davenport. Uh, Nolly created his own shot. Uh, DeJulius did a lot of dribbling to create his own shot. They were actually, you know, not good shots by any mean, but they, they went in at a very consistent clip. So with that being said, um, it's just a completely different style of offense. You don't have that type of one-on-one ISO basketball. It's a lot more spreading the wealth, and it makes you wonder who is going to be the go-to come conference play when Cincinnati's in a tight game with 15 seconds left. I think right now you put the ball in Day-Day Thomas's hands. He's shown you that he can create his own shot. and At the very least, he can dish the rock. He had a couple nice passes to Victor Locken down low today when he carved his way into the lane. I think Dan Skillings has shown that he's a pretty consistent offensive player, at least can get to the basket. And then obviously if C.J. Frederick's in there, um, and he has an opportunity to knock down some threes. He is going to be one of your key contributors late 
down the stretch of games. Seamus Lukosius, that's someone I'm expecting more from. I don't think he's looked for a shot nearly enough. There was a play late in the game where he actually knocked down a three-pointer and, and stared at it for a minute. He was wide open right behind the three-point line, um, was sitting there, and there was about two minutes left in the game and do not know why he was so hesitant to shoot it because he is a sharpshooter. He knocked it down. Um, so we'll see if Lukosius gets a little more aggressive. But again, I'm expecting this to be every other night a different leading scorer from Cincinnati. Game number one, it was Day Day Thomas. Game two, it's C.J. Frederick. Game three, C.J. Frederick doesn't even score, and Victor Locken puts up 26 points. Also, another thing to get into, Houdini was right when he said that he does not trust the crystal balls, the fact that these analysts can change them up to the last second, and I said no. When you're this close to a decision and you get three crystal balls for a player to your school, you're landing that player. Travis Perry's a Cincinnati Bearcat. Well, ends up the four-star. Uh, there was smoke that he was actually potentially going to go to Alabama heading into today. Maybe, you know, maybe the Crimson Tide were getting ready to throw Perry a last-second bag. Rumors were that he's going to play in the SEC. Well, guess what? He does end up playing in the SEC, but it's John Calipari who swoops in last second. We thought Kentucky was out of the mix and that Cincinnati was the clear-cut favorite, getting all the crystal balls. And the last day, Wes Miller does not get his target. Not the worst thing in the world. Look, I think Jizzle James is your point guard of the future. You have Day-Day Thomas next year. This isn't something that would affect you next year. It's maybe two, three years down the road, Travis Perry would have been your point guard of the future. So as of right now, the Cats still have Jizzle James. They have Day-Day Thomas for next year, too. Not necessarily their biggest position of need. It sucks. I mean, as a top 75 recruit, a four-star, and you thought you had him, the number one player in Kentucky would have loved to have had Travis Perry, but at the end of the day, he's staying home and playing for the Wildcats. I mean, he's a Kentucky kid. Can you blame him? Also, the Cincinnati Bearcats football team. You always remember your first, and when it comes to the Big 12, you always remember your first Big 12 win. Bearcats improved to 3-7. and seven. They're not going bowling regardless. But, you know, maybe they could spoil West Virginia's season. Maybe they could spoil Kansas' season moving forward. And they already potentially spoiled the Houston Cougars' season, dropping Houston in their home stadium to 4-6. and six. So now Houston would have to win out to make a bowl game. Hey, anytime you beat Houston, it's a good day. And Cincinnati took them down Saturday night for their first Big 12 win ever. 24-14, to 14, the final score. Really a dominant performance by UC. It was Emory Jones. It was Brady Lichtenberg going back and forth once again. Emory went 13-16, 131 yards and a touchdown. But the star of the show was Corey Kiner and the defense. But Kiner, 23 carries, 129 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. That does it for Chatterbox Bearcats. Unless news breaks, we won't see you until next Sunday. That is when the Cincinnati Bearcats host the Northern Kentucky Norse. The Norse took them down last year. Cincinnati hopefully has some payback this time at the shoe. And, of course, a live postgame show with Houdini and myself following that game. That is on Sunday, November 19th. I'm Chuck Walter with a little solo rapid-fire Chatterbox Bearcats show. Enjoy your week, everyone. And remember, roll damn Bearcats!